All right, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, we have, uh, I tell you, I'm going to talk to you down here today because we got flowers and they just, I don't know, I'll probably knock a vase over or something like that. It'd be <laughs> awkward, but um, well, good morning. If it's your first time, welcome to Granite Creek. I'm the lead pastor, Joshua Kapczynski. And uh, we're, just to, to give you a heads up, we're kind of in a, we're in a little bit of a mourning season in our church. We had uh, two memorial services this week. We lost a uh, one of our 15-year-old girls to a sudden heart attack, uh, Vanessa Wimbish-Garcia. Lisa, we love you. Yeah. You're a brave girl for coming to church today. Thanks, Mama. And uh, it, was a, it was a difficult service, but it was a beautiful service. And uh, it was a hard one, I gotta tell you. I had, I had two little girls sitting right here. That were, they, they were crying the whole time, and I, I couldn't make eye contact with them because I was gonna lose it. But um, Vanessa, she's with the Lord now. We have that confidence. And then uh, I lost my mother-in-law last Sunday. And so we, we did her service yesterday. And so, so with that, I just, you just need to understand, I don't know, I don't know what you're walking into. The, this is, this is going to, sometimes you have to preach your experience, right? <laughs> so uh, um, uh, death hurts. There's just no getting around it. It's. It affects you. It gets to you, whether you like it or not. And, and so that, that's where I'm, I'm coming from you today. I, I'm coming at you because I'm, I'm grieving. And I want you to know that to the best of my abilities, I'm, I'm grieving well. I'm trying to grieve well. I just, there's no way I could get up here and just like, you know, fake it for you guys and give you a good show. You just you need, to, you need to know where I'm at. And so um, there's... There's a good way to grieve, and then there's a bad way to grieve. And whether you like it or not, again, death affects us all. And when it does, I, I hate to use the, word, the D word. It depresses you, right? Let's just say you get blue. Like death affects you. You lose someone close to you. You lose a loved one, and it, 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 you, get, you get a little blue, I think the word that I best want to describe it is you get faded, right? You're just not quite right. You know, it, it's almost a surreal experience that my mother-in-law isn't going to be with us anymore, right? It doesn't seem real. And I, and I think that's how God made us. God made us to not be okay with death because we were created to live forever. And death is this really weird reality that hits us every once in a while. And when it does, it fades us. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about how to grieve well and to go through that process. And you need to, we got to do these things in a healthy way. But at the same time, life goes on and we need hope. We have to have this hope for a better future and a hope for glory and a hope for eternity. It, it, you have to have it. Some of the scriptures that we've been looking at. We're in a series on wisdom right now. And we've been looking at these incredible truth claims. Like, if you don't know what to do, like, if, you don't, if you're confused, you go to the major truth claims in the Bible. Paul talks about it. He talks about faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. 
So these are the things that you need to be focusing on. It's very simple. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Focus on those things. And Jesus himself says, when you're going through difficult times, when you're depressed, when you're discouraged, when you're grieving, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you as well. So you're freaking out about money? You seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And things will start to line up. That's what he's, what he's saying. So in our church, when we say the kingdom, what, you know, what does that mean? We believe that the kingdom is the supernatural expression of the Christian faith. It's Jesus' rule and reign. It's God having his way. Whatever Jesus healed somebody, that was the kingdom of heaven being expressed. Whenever there were signs and wonders that, that happened, that was the kingdom of heaven. And the amazing thing about this Christian faith that we walk out in this church and with friends in other areas is that we believe that these things still happen. And we see them, and we testify to them. And so whenever I'm freaking out, God, God, where are your miracles? Where are you, God? What corner of the room are you in? Where are you in the grocery store? Are you in the living room or are you in the kitchen? God, where are you? I need to be where you're at. I need to be where your miracles will happen. We just need to be where God's at. Do you seek first his kingdom? All right, then the other part, and his righteousness. His right living, his character. To be more like Jesus. To actually do the things that he did. To live out the fruit of the spirit. A lot of times when we talk about righteousness, it gets framed in the and maybe rightfully so, it gets framed in right and wrong, right? Righteousness, you guys need to straighten up. You guys need to behave, quit sinning, and things like that. And, and, and right, maybe rightfully so. But when you're faded, when you're hurting, when you're disappointed and lost, sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, hmm? You ever been blue and you just, you just can't get out of bed? Like you're so discouraged and frustrated, you don't have any motivation, right? So motivation, how do you get moving when, you're, when you've been faded, when you've been affected by death or when you've been affected by disappointment? How do you get moving? So when we talk about righteousness... We talk about motivation. We talk about the kingdom of heaven. How do you get, what's more effective? Being motivated by fear or being motivated by inspiration? What do you think? Being motivated by fear or being motivated by inspiration? What's going to get you moving? Inspiration. Uh, what's more effective, the, the carrot or the stick? What's more effective, the carrot or the stick? What if you have an eight-year-old? <laughs> okay, all right, you see where I'm going, right? 
I, you know, I think, I mean, the area of righteousness, of right living, of, you know what, you, look, if you want breakthrough in your life, you need to straighten up, right? That's, that, 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 that's like, that's me talking here, right? That's, your life stinks because you're a sinner. That's what I would, that's why you don't come to me for counseling. But that's the approach. That's the, that's the approach, right? And I want breakthrough in my life, and so I know I, I need to have, I need to be a righteous person in addition to seeking the kingdom of God. I need, to be a, I need to be a man of character. My life needs to look more like Jesus. I need to follow his attributes. I need to act like him. I need to be like him. I need to seek his holiness. And I believe that I need to do so with the motivation that is inspired by hope and love. Uh, when I was the youth pastor, you know, every, every year when you, do youth, when you do the youth pastor thing, you have to do the sex talk. It's just required, right? Every year as a youth pastor, you do the sex talk. And my approach was guilt and fear and terror. I, I, I said things like, if you guys sleep together, you guys are going to hell. Right? I mean, I had no pregnancies. So motivation through fear worked, right? It was amazing. I was, they behaved themselves. I was proud. I was like, yeah, the program's working. I got, a, I got them straightened up. And we had a friend of ours He's doing worship for us. His name is Jordan from Urban Rescue. And then he did worship for a big church. And then he went upstairs and taught uh, the youth group for me. And he totally wrecked me. He totally ruined me. And uh, he said, you know what, kids? He says, you know why I'm living my life out in purity? And why my, why my girlfriend and I and my, my future um, wife, why we, ha- we have not engaged in premarital sex? Do you want to know Why? It's because I'm in love with God. See, my approach was don't have sex because you're going to get a social disease. And I, and, I, and I showed them pictures and everything, right? I'm telling you, it worked. But it was still the wrong approach. It was still the wrong approach. Because his approach was, you know what? I'm in love with God so much and his righteousness. Why would I do something to offend him and to hurt him? I love God more than I love my needs. And that's righteousness. So it's more of a, oh. So my approach, my my high school approach would be like, don't sin because bad things will happen to you. But the gospel's message on righteousness is don't sin because what God has for you is so beautiful. What God has planned for you is incredible. His vision for your life is better than anything that you could possibly imagine. So love me and just don't mess it up. Don't mess this beautiful thing up. You seek first a supernatural lifestyle and then you seek character. Because once you do, your life will become a beautiful masterpiece.
So I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think it is the carrot. I think it is the stick. See, God disciplines those he loves, right? He doesn't discipline those that are annoying him, right? I've all, I, have you done that? Have you disciplined those that annoy you? <laughs> you know? Yeah, the parents, and, or, you know, it's not your kids, it's the other person's kids that you want to. I've got two scriptures I want to look at. Actually, I've got one scripture that I'm going to look at, but it's, it's framed out in two different ways. And it's on, like, when you get faded, when you get into this funk, you've got to get out. Look, I, I am mourning, I am grieving, I'm, I got the funk on me, right? I'm not going to stay here, folks. I love Kathy. I'm going to miss her. It's going to hurt come Christmas time and Thanksgiving. But you've got to know, folks, moving on. I'm not going to stay in this constant state of, of depression. I can't because God's called us to hope. So I have a vision. I have a vision for myself to get out of this funk. I'm going to fight. I'm going to contend. And I'm going to pray my way through it. And I can, you know, I can see my family mourning well, praying through it, and not dwelling on past pain and disappointment and hurt. Does, does that make sense? We're, we're always going to remember her. We're always going to honor her. But we're going to move forward, and we're going to continue to live life. We can't stay in this constant state of depression. I'm faded, but I need vision to get back. Okay, Proverbs 29. There's two... It's, 2918. Uh, it's two, uh, we're going to look at two different versions of it. And if you're like, if you're super uh, analytical, and it, like if you, if you like to know, if you're, if you're a black and white person, this is going to, this might frustrate you a little bit. Because we're going to look at one scripture from two different interpretations. In the NIV, which probably most of you have, Proverbs 2918 says this, where there is no revelation People cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And again, this is a wisdom series we're on, so this is important for us to get, right? And when, you, when, when I read this, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. So wherever the, when, when the word of God is not active in a life or in a community or in a family, People go crazy. They cast off restraint. It's like they're, they're going to go wild. They're going to party. They're going to sin. There's nothing holding them back. They're going to set their hair on fire and run naked, naked down the street. Right? That's what I think about when I see this. When there is no revelation, people, they cast off restraint and they just do whatever they want to do. But those who understand and obey God's laws and commands, there's wisdom there. So that's one 
interpretation, and it's correct. Here's the other one from the King James. We have the King James? There we go. All right, where there is no vision, the people perish. Sounds a little different, doesn't it? I'm confused, Pastor Josh. Which is it? Will they cast off restraint and go crazy and set their hair on fire, or will they perish? It's both. And again, if you're like, well, are you telling me that, that my Bible's not the word of God because it's that different? Like the language is so deep, folks. It is both. It is both meanings. And here's the thing. Where there is no vision, people perish. They get faded. They become walking dead people. They become ghosts. And eventually they die. They perish. So without revelation, people go crazy. And without vision, people perish and die. And when you are in a funk, maybe, you, you, maybe you're not going through a, a, the grieving process. Maybe you have not lost. or you maybe, you know, maybe somebody hasn't died lately that's affected you. But maybe you, you have loss of something else. Maybe there's a loss of a relationship. Or maybe financially it's, it's difficult. Or a loss of a dream, a vision, a career. And you're so disappointed with disappointment and failure that you've become faded. You have to get out. You have to push through. You have to contend and you have to pray through these things. Because if you continue to walk around being faded, you will perish and you will die. You might be still living physically. You might be walking around punching your time card and, and going to the grocery store, but you're still a, a dead Christian. You're still walking around dead. You have perished. And that's exactly where the enemy of God wants you. So we need hope in order to cast this, this vision for our life. God's... Uh, God's revelation in his vision for our lives. So maybe, here's the unfortunate truth. We are free moral agents. We're free. We can do whatever we want to do. We can come to church or we can not come to church. We can steal or choose not to steal. We can murder. And we all know that, right? God's not going to keep us from murdering each other because he wants us to be free. Maybe you have, maybe God has given you a vision for your life, a revelation. Maybe you got a prophetic word and it was amazing. Like, I, that's me. I resonate with that. That's got me written all over it, but it has not happened. And you're frustrated and you're confused and you're wondering why. Like, Life's complicated. There's a lot of different reasons why maybe your dream did not come to pass. One, again, because we're free. So maybe, maybe it's your fault. It, it very well could possibly be your fault. Not God's fault, but your fault. That your dream did not come true. Like just because somebody gave you a word doesn't mean it's just magically going to happen. You have to, you have to pray into these things. You have to contend for these things. Are you ready for this? You have to actually pray things into existence. 
if somebody's given you a, a God-given vision for your family, your family is going to be healthy and wealthy and growing and wise. Thus saith the Lord. But you choose not to pray into that. You choose not to pray that into existence. Guess what? It's not going to happen. So it could very well be your fault that your dreams did not come true because you didn't steward it well. I have a healthy marriage. Do you want to know why? It's not because I, I, I've been to a lot of marriage counseling classes. and things. I've done that. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've done that. But I have prayed a healthy marriage into existence. I had vision for it. I could see it. I could see my wife and myself being healthy. And I prayed into it. And it became reality. Ever have drama in your life? You got drama with people? And you spend a lot of time obsessing about drama and relationship junk? Do you know that you can pray that stuff away? <laughs> Prayer works, folks. I'm telling you, it does. I, some of us get attracted to drama. Like we thrive off of conflict. That's not a good character. That's not a character trait that Jesus would like. Like, if you thrive off of gossip and drama and conflict, you got your, there's something broken in you. You need to be delivered of it. Because God's a God of peace and unity. But if you have his heart, you will pray into that situation, and you can pray it away. I know there's a fine line here between... Praying God's will and spiritual witchcraft. We'll talk about that later. But if you are praying God's will, you can pray things into existence. Choose not to accept dysfunction in your families. Choose not to accept a mediocre work life or education pray into these things and you contend for them and you fight for them and you see them, you, you can see them in the future as being healthy and someday they will be. But you cannot give up on hope. Um, last week we looked at the scripture um, on a hope deferred makes the heart sick. Right? Remember this? So if you give up on hope, if you defer hope, it will make your, your heart, your spirits, you're sick. So you, you cut hope out of, your, out, of, out of your life, your spirit gets sick, your spirit will make your soul and your emotions sick, and when your soul and emotions are sick, guess what gets sick next? Your body. And we know, look, scientifically, we know this. If you're an emotional basket case, you will get sick. And you will get cancer. And you, your, your stress will make you ill. And it all starts with the heart. It all starts with this lie, this spirit of hopelessness that we've attached ourselves to. But... Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire realized, 
a desire, a God, God's will that materializes in your life is a tree of life, which is wisdom. And it is okay to have needs. And it is okay to, to, to give your, your, your petitions to God and present your, your needs to God. But I'm telling you, part of our problem with prayer is that our prayers are not petitions. Our prayers are big, giant gripe fests. Hmm? And see, complaining to God will not become a tree of life. It is the desire fulfilled that becomes a tree of life. So what we really need to do is we need to take our complaints and make them desires. Because our complaints, if they are fulfilled, are going to be big, giant, ugly, hairy messes in our lives. Could you imagine if your complaints got realized? Like if you got justified for, I don't know, whatever, if you've been wronged or whatever. But if you took your complaint, you, see, look, we know that, that God does not inhabit the gripings of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. So if we can tweak our prayers hard enough to where we're not griping and whining to God, but where we're saying, God, this is my desire. My desire is to have a healthy family. Instead of saying in your prayer group, my family is so jacked up, <laughs> right? And that's what we do. Do we not do that? I'm so messed up. I got problems, right? Instead of saying, I can see myself living in victory in the future. I can see myself overcoming this addiction instead of saying, oh, I'm so jacked up, right? So when we say stuff like that, I'm so jacked up, you're actually aligning yourself with the enemy of God. You're speaking his language. But if you have hope, if you have a vision for your future, if you have desires that can be fulfilled, you begin to walk and to move into wisdom. You have that tree of life. Hope. Revelation. Like this vision. Hope is kind of like the optics of heaven. If you want to function in the supernatural lifestyle, you have to have hope and faith to actually attract yourself to the kingdom of heaven. It's the optics. You have to see with the world in your life, in your circumstances, in your relationships through the optics of heaven, which is hope. You have to have a future hope for it. And the amazing thing about faith and hope, it is, it is for here and it is for now. Faith, hope, and love. See, love is here and now, but it's also eternal. Faith and hope is not eternal. We need those now. 
Faith and hope will activate love in your life. You've got to have it. And I think probably one of the big things that we don't apply to our life, especially when we get faded, is imagination. Like, when you don't have the motivation to get out of bed, when you've been faded, when you're blue, when, when you're depressed or whatever, you can't, you can't think well. It's almost like it paralyzes you, right? It's like you're confused on where to go, so you just don't move. You just don't go anywhere. You don't take risks. You don't step out in faith. Anybody got, well, you don't have to raise your hand. Anybody got some like big problems? Like you just feel like you can't overcome them. They're like, they're, like your problem is bigger than you. Like there's no way out. Ever felt like that? There's a creative solution. Maybe you're not a creative person, but I'm telling you, your God is a creative person. And he's got a creative solution for you. You have to use your imagination sometimes in order to get out of a problem. And God will present something to you. So instead of being stuck and paralyzed, say, okay, God, how do, creatively, how do I get out of this debt mess? Creatively, how do I get out of this dysfunctional work situation? Creatively, how do I move my life forward that it feels like it's stuck? And God will speak to you if you allow him to. I remember one time, I, know, I, I we're, you know, couldn't pay the bills personal bills. It's like, ah, oh, this, this stinks, right? You ever been out and been able to pay your bills? And you just said, all right. And then finally, I don't know, you, you're, you give up on stubbornness and you actually ask God for help, right? You actually ask God, okay, God, I need some help here. I remember this happened very clearly. Couldn't pay my bills. God's like, it's Rose Bowl time. That means I had to like get a truck and pile all of my junk in my garage in this truck and go to the Rose Bowl and sell it. It was a creative answer to a prayer, right? Sometimes we just have to, they, they, these, these things will present themselves. The solution will present itself, but we have to begin to think with our imagination on how do I solve this problem? And you have to have hope in order to do that. You need to be able to think creatively, not only to survive, right? Like sometimes you just need a creative solution in order to survive, in order to pay the bills. I think this is, look, for those of you that have businesses, I think you know this to be true. You also are gonna need a creative solution to thrive in this world, right? Businesses that make it, they're not mediocre anymore, are they? You cannot be a mediocre business and make it. You are either killing it or you're being killed. So God wants his people to think creatively 
in the areas of success and thriving. Mediocrity is not going to, if mediocrity is not making it in the world, it's not going to make it in God's kingdom either. So you want your, want your family to th- thrive? Then creatively think, okay, God, how do I creatively make my family stronger? I don't know, go to Disneyland, right? All right, leave it alone. And again, these little things on motivation. Maybe, okay, your dream fell apart. You totally, you don't feel like you hear from God anymore. How do you, how do you break that funk? Again, contend, pray, pray into these things and listen to, listen to God's still voice. How many people have heard God's voice? Like you're pretty confident that, you, that God spoke to you. So you're familiar with what it sounds like. Ask for something small. So God, I want to speak to me in this very small way. What, what shall you have me do, Lord? And if, and if you're tuned in enough to hear God's voice, ask for something small. And it could be anything. God might say, I want you to share your faith with the checker at the grocery store. Right? But Lord, I can't pay my bills. I don't care. I need you to step out in risk and faith so that I can move and I can act. And if you get a, even if you get a little small hit from God, a breakthrough, a kingdom experience, no matter how small or insignificant it is, guess what you get? You get a ton of motivation. You get a ton of supernatural motivation where you feel like you can do anything. So maybe instead of going for the big thing, say, God, give me something small, something that I can build off of. Let me know that you're real again. He will come through for you. This week, um, this week I dealt with somebody that was struggling with a hopelessness in the soul. Like their emotions were hopeless. There needs to be, at times, a very dramatic breaking of the mind, of a, of a system, of a way of thinking that's very difficult to do. So this individual uh, was dealing with anger. And he's like, I am so angry, I am angry. And I, and I said, don't let this anger get to you, stop it. Okay, pastor, you're right, you're right, I gotta stop it. But I hate that guy. You get to stop it. I know you're angry, but you've got to stop it. Okay, you're right. I can do all things through Christ. He gives me strength, but I really hate this guy, right? And there was, this, there was this pattern, this pattern he could not break himself out of because he didn't have any hope for that situation. I was like, can you just get, can you just get to the end of the day without blowing your top? 
if you can just get to the end of the day, you can have hope over this situation. And sometimes it just takes, like we are so habit-driven, right? We, we, get, we get so rote in the way that we think and the way that we feel, and our feelings betray us. Like anger is a, is a feeling, and sometimes it's justified, but look, most of the time, if it rules you, if that emotion rules you, you need to break it. Same applies to lust. We have to break these things that we look at constantly. All right. Jake, can you come on up? I'm going to wrap this up. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years was caught up into the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I don't know. But he was caught up to paradise. Paul goes on to talk about his pain. Verse 8, he says, Three times I pleaded to the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Isn't that an amazing thought? We say, God, take this away from me. He says, My grace is sufficient, and you can be strong in weakness, so that Christ's power may rest. Paul goes on to say in verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in weakness and insults, in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. So when you're going through difficult times, loss of vision, loss of dreams, loss of loved ones, in your weakness you can be extremely strong. And your prayer life can reflect that when you pray into things, when you pray things into existence, when you pray health onto your family, health onto yourself, when you break systems of thought, when you change your prayer life from griping to, God, this is the desire of my heart. May it be fulfilled. Make it a tree of life. Don't give up. Don't give up, no matter how hard you get faded. Because God can bring you back to life. I mean, Jesus was the most faded person on the planet. He lost everything. He experienced death and loss that we could not even comprehend. And he did it so that we could have life. Eternal life, but also life here on this planet so we could live it to the full. Fullness of life. One of hope and joy and peace and prosperity. God bless you guys. Uh, church family, thank you so much for supporting us during this difficult season. We love you. Oh, we have the most amazing church in the world as far as I'm concerned. We, we honor our people very well. And as we wrap up, I just want you to pray and meditate on, okay, God, what do I need to contend for? What do I need to pray for? God, give me a hope. Give me that supernatural hope for that situation. What do I need to pray into existence? 
What do I need to sow into? And what's that one little thing that's going to help me get motivated that I know that you're a living God? And continue just to push on into church family. Thank you so much for being faithful. And uh, Jake's going to receive the offering after this song. You guys can hang out as long as you want. God bless.